0: Oh, praise the Lord. Good morning, saints. Good morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we could all please stand to our feet as we prepare, hallelujah, to, to show up, to let the Lord show out. Um, this morning, we were here yesterday in prayer, doing our prayer session that we do every Saturday morning at 8, 8, 8, 8 a.m. And, um, during the prayer time, the Lord was really talking to the saints and speaking to us. And um, as people were praying at the end, we always do a little devotion. And And as I've been going through my reading, through my bread every day, and uh, right now I'm in Hebrews, we're reading about the word of faith. And the book of Hebrews is all about the faith. Uh, of course, faith is covered throughout the whole Bible. But really, what really is key is that in Hebrews, Paul is telling the people to let go of your old faiths, your old traditions that you stood on, that was the bedrock of your faith, and grasp a hold of the truth, the truth that Christ came. You know, as the word speaks, when it says that we must believe that he is, that means what? We believe in that. He is what? believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Because one day we will have the same opportunity. One day we will all fall asleep, as pretty much 99.9% of the people have done, besides Elijah, besides those that were caught up. (laughs) But we would have an opportunity to be just as Christ. Die, be buried, and raised again on the day of our calling. As it reads in 1 Thessalonians, when that loud trump comes, when the archangel, um, when the Lord screams out and the archangel plays that trump, we're all going to rise up out of our grave. And those of us that are still alive will raise up out of our graves and meet the Lord in the air. Today is another day to continue to confirm that, to continue to build that up, to continue to strengthen that. Within in our own spirit. Hallelujah. Because the power is not of ourselves, but the power is of Christ. And we want that resurrection power. So this morning, I want us to put our blessed hands together. Go ahead and get on board with our praise scene. And let's usher in the presence of the Lord in this place. To walk, awaken and quicken our spiritual senses. That we may be able to open up and hear the word of God for the preaching that is coming. Praise the Lord with us. Receiving offering. And just for some of our announcements. This week we do have mommy and me. Everything else is routine. But this week we do have our mommy and me that will be going on tomorrow. And they will be at the find out the location. <laughs> at Chick-fil-A tomorrow morning. Alright. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. It'd be mommy and me. So all you moms, alright? And just, just as uh, me and my wife just had our first grandchild born, you know it's been a long time. <laughs> but uh, 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 for Father's Day, I called my son because he already was a father. So that child was already conceived, and therefore, for all our moms, um, that that. Need some fellowship, some adult conversation throughout the day. I wish they had this one. My four kids were young. So my wife would have some adult conversation. Because I got beat up when I was in the field when I came back. <laughs> so this is something you definitely want to partake in, link up with Sister Fowler or Brother Fowler, who is her manager. <laughs> don't ask Brother Fowler that. He's like, I don't know nothing about mommy and me. Maybe he need to get some like. Daddies and are or something. So, what a man. <laughs> We're going to commission you with that. But let us go ahead and stand for our feet stand to our feet. Um, So we go before the Lord in prayer for this offering. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord. Thankful, Lord, for the blessings of your hand, Lord. Hallelujah. That you have allowed us, Lord, to earn, Lord, in whatever way or fashion, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And now, Lord, we want to give back, Lord, and we want to pour into the kingdom, Lord, that this money, Lord, uh, and gifts and all that we have that we give, We would give with a cheerful spirit. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We plead your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on up. Give your offering. And um, shake hands with one or two brothers when you make your way back to your seat. Hallelujah.
1: come in with whatever need that you have, you can leave it in his hands. For his word says that we can cast our cares on him because he cares for us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. We serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Amen. I'm thankful for this opportunity to stand here before you. Pastor and Sister C are out they will be going, taking some time of rest, and then going into a, a conference afterwards. As uh, Reverend M- uh, Munden has always said, there's no time, whether on land or, or water, where pastor's not evangelizing. So even though he may be taking a time of rest, there's someone's life gonna get spoken into right. while passing Sister C. or out. And in their stead today, I don't take it lightly, I I will be bringing the word of the Lord. And I feel like the Lord has given me what we need for this very hour. It starts with my own conviction, otherwise I would not be able to preach it to you. Uh, And the word of the Lord today we're going to be reading in 1 Kings. First Kings chapter sixteen, chapter seventeen. First Kings seventeen. First Kings chapter seventeen and verse one. If you would turn to First Kings chapter seventeen and verse one. I'm going to be reading a fairly lengthy reading. I won't read the entire chapter, but I'll read from the entire chapter of chapter 6, 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was the inhabitant of Gilead, said unto Ahab, The Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand. There shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, leave, go, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. So the Lord told uh, Elijah to go and to hide. And you'd be wondering why would the Lord ask him to hide, and we'll get to that shortly. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. How I many you know that the Lord will take care of us? Even if we don't even want it, He'll take care of us. He takes care of us. Sometimes, you know, we think about, as I said, humans are fallible. We don't even know how to take care of our own selves at times. Uh, he will take care of us regardless of ourselves. Amen. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord. You know, I want to underscore that, that when the Lord told him to do something, he surrendered and he heeded to the word of the Lord, and he did it. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And the Lord How many know the Lord's able to fulfill his promises? And verse 7 says, And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. Oh no, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, and get thee to Zarephath, which belonged to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman, there to sustain thee we're going to drop down to verse 16 and it says, and the barrel of the middle wasted not neither did the crews of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah how many know when we submit to the Lord he'll use us and the word of the Lord will be spoken through us amen and verse 17 and it came to pass That after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. Repeat after me. the The son died. In verse 22. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again and he revived. The father had to give His life. Amen. He gave life. Amen. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house. This this life came into this child through God. Amen. Through the work of Elijah. He'll use us when we get in the place where he wants us. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto the mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. Amen. Amen. The son liveth. Amen. If you would, Reverend Monday, please pray that the Lord will give us the word that we need for this hour. Lord Jesus, Heavenly
0: Father, we call on you this morning, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that as you have. Touch River Parks, Lord, and as you have ministered in your ways, in His study, Lord, we know, Lord, that we're about to receive a word. We Amen, pray, Lord, that you prepare Lord, our hearts, Lord, in our ears, Lord, Jesus. to be receptacles, Lord, to hear what the Lord, Spirit of Lord, the Lord is saying. Hallelujah. We pray, Lord, that you would touch Him, anoint Him, Lord, yes, Lord. Let um, us Lord,
1: Lord, be willing vessels, Lord, Lord
0: hallelujah. Hallelujah. not just to be hearers but also doers of Your word. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We plead your blood. In the sin, and the congregation said, "In agreement, Amen." Amen. Amen. In you may be
1: seated name. in the presence of the Lord. Amen. When I decided to I, identify a name for this, I thought of a ravine, a raven, and uh, and a relic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I. I, I asked my wife about that, and, and she didn't feel that this word relic would possibly be appropriate, so I did not choose that name, but if you look in obituaries today, you'll find that this word is an archaic term that's still used, for, and, and it would be appropriate for those that are uh, in the place of widow, and uh, so I won't use that term just based on I've been redirected. So today's title is going to be uh, a brook, a raven, and a widow. God is our source. God is our source. We open up the scripture here today in chapter 17, and we find that Elijah is giving a command from the Lord. He's giving this command to Ahab and he's given it in response to the life that Ahab is living and how it's affecting the Israelite people. And so the background to that starts with Ahab is reigning at about 874 to 853 BC. And he is the king over Israel and Samaria. As the king of Israel, Israel has reached its lowest point, if you will, of spiritual decay. This point that the Israelite people are at is a direct reflection of Ahab being the king. Not only was he a terrible king, he was worse than his father, Amrite. And not only was he worse than his father, Umri, he was worse than all the kings that were before him. In 1 Kings 16 and 25, it says, Umri did evil in the eyes of the Lord and did worse than all who were before him. In verse Number 30 says, And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. You know, the Lord is just not going to allow you to uh, just treat his people any kind of way. And not do something about it. The evils of Ahab included the worship of Baal in the nation of Israel he turned that nation away from the one true God. Not only that, through marriage he married an evil woman named Jezebel and he teamed up with her and together they were leading the people of Israel to worship the gods of Canaan and specifically Baal and Asherah. Elijah, his name was the Lord. His name meant the Lord is God. And he was sent, he was sent by God to confront Baalism. And he was sent there to declare to the Israelites that the Lord was God and there's none other beside him. If there's anyone that's at the sound of my voice that challenges that, I'm here and sent to let you know that the Lord, He is God, and there's none beside Him. Whether we want to get on board with it or not, He's God, and there's none beside Him. If you don't believe that there's one God, that's a choice. But it doesn't change the will of God. The will of God is not going to change for what we as human beings want to do. Elijah announces this impending doom in 1 Kings 17 and 1, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was then an inhabitant of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years but according to my word. In other words he was saying because of your disobedience a drought is about to come. There's not going to be any dew and there's not going to be any rain until I say differently. After this announcement of impending doom Ahab blamed and pursued After Elijah. And his belief was, and many believe this, I think in the world we live in today, that if I can just shut that Christian down, if I can just get them quiet, if I can get them to stop speaking about Jesus, and if I can get them to change their ways and to get on board with the rest of the world, I think that everything will be all right for me. But you can't quiet down God's people. You can't kill God's people and expect that it's going to change the will of God. The will of God is going to remain the same no matter what the world does. So because of his disobedience, there was a drought on the land. And after this announcement, Ahab blamed him. And he believed that the only way that he could change things was to kill Elijah with an all-points bulletin out on him. He became the king's public enemy number one and Israel's most wanted fugitive. The Lord told Elijah to hide at the brook Cherith, which is east of Jordan. The God, God, their God, promised that He would take care of him and Israel God promised Elijah that he would take care of him by providing him with water to drink from the brook and having ravens bring him bread and meat to eat wow man before I I go on I want to look at Maslow's uh, hierarchy Abraham Maslow it's hierarchy of needs. For those that may be familiar with this, this is, uh, this is a theory. Maslow has a theory that we're, as, as human beings we're motivated by certain things. And when a need is met, until that particular, the, the term hierarchy means that if that lower level need is not met then we're not ready to move on to the next level. And Maslow, in his theory of motivation, he says that human beings need these needs to be fulfilled or met in order to motivate them to certain behavior. If you don't have the the physiological needs, and the safety needs, and the love and the belonging needs, or the esteem and the self-actualization needs, that you don't become fulfilled as a person. This is a theory. Having the lower and then the higher needs, this theory suggests that the higher uh, level needs. These needs include loving and belonging, friendship and family, social interaction, increased self-esteem, and what is known as self-actualization. But those are not met until the lower level needs are met, which are rest, water, clothing, shelter, food, and safety, including uh, uh, financial safety and, and job security. But I, according to the word, have a few challenges for Maslow's theory. The first challenge is this, and that is all of our needs whether internal or external, they are met by God. All of our needs are met by God. And the idea of self-actualization, I definitely have to challenge that. Because it suggests that our internal fulfillment is is defined by our personal accomplishments. In other words, you don't have a competence or confidence within yourself until you self-actualize. Your self-esteem is not increased uh, unless you internally have these needs met. I'm here to tell you that God meets all of our needs. Whether there's a physical need, a mental need, or a spiritual need, they're all met by God. They're all met by God. So I want to share that true actualization, it comes when we put our trust in the one true living God as our source. God is our only source. True actualization is knowing that God provides for us mentally, physically, socially. He'll feed us. He'll he'll. If you need confidence, you've got to trust in the one true and living God. Isaiah 40 and 28 through 31, it says, Has thou not known, has thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. No matter how hard we try with our finite minds and what scientific study we do. The scripture, I love scripture. That's it, love it. I love it. Because I I consider myself one that likes education. (laughs) You know, and I I, I like uh, intellectual things. And the word is just so intellectual. That's right. So true. You know. That's right. I think that even today, and and Reverend Monday, he's a history buff, so he might be able to to verify this. But there are folks still believing that the earth is flat. you got like a whole earth flat uh, following, or whatever the case might be. But the scripture lets us know that God, he sits on the circle of the earth. Now if the scripture says the earth is circled,
0: come on, that's it. It's right there in the word. It's
1: circled. There's nothing else to discuss. Amen. I love the word. I love the word because it's our source. God is our source. And whether you haven't heard it or not, whether you've heard it or not, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word uh, became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. God is the word. And if God is the word, then the word also is our source. The word is our source. God, if you want to somewhat understand God, get into his word. That's it. It doesn't mean that you will receive all that understanding. Because the scripture lets us know there is no searching of his understanding. Before there was anything, there was God. And I know that hard that is hard for our minds to fathom. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fail. No matter how much you benching up in the gym, you could be throwing up 350. And I'm here to tell you that you're going to get weary. But God doesn't get weary. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't faint. But for us, us young men, Reverend Monday. We feel it. (laughs) We know it's going to happen. We will weary. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is our source.
2: God is our
1: source. If, you, if you've been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, you know God is your source. You've got enough power within you that goes beyond that physical ability that you have. God is the source of our strength, our power, and refreshment. This relationship that we have with God, this is when we have a proper keeping of this relationship and following of His commandments, that's when we're strengthened. No matter the dispute, as I said earlier, God's will always decides the outcome. We don't decide the outcome with all of our planning. I, I our in jobs that plan. You can plan and plan and plan and then something happens. And, and, and as soon as that happens, if it wasn't a part of the plan, you have to change direction. But God's will and His plan always stands. It's not going to change. God provides for our needs, and He uses them for our benefit because it pleases Him to do so. It pleases Him to do so. So we are benefited by God. It's in His will. Jesus says, without me you can do nothing in John 15 and 5. This statement that is made, it is Jesus upholding all things by the word of his power, Hebrews 1 and 3. In 1 Kings 17 and 1 through 6, we see that Elijah the Tishbite has given this command from the Lord. And the Lord tells him to go and hide. And the scripture says to turn eastward and that he should go to the brook cherub that is before Jordan. And it shall be that he shall drink of the brook and that God has commanded the ravens to feed him there. The first thing that I want to discuss is a lesson from the raven. A lesson from the raven. if you. I call it a lesson from the dirty bird. That's a Georgia thing. That's a Georgia thing. We can, we can get with that, right? Uh, a lesson from the dirty bird. You know, a lesson of accepting God's provision. How many know that God take care of us? But as I said earlier, he'll take care of us in spite of ourselves. God takes care of us when we're obedient to his word and to his will. Even when we personally don't accept the resource that he wants to use. He's still willing to take care of us. Like, Lord, I don't want to do it that way. But I'll I'll follow your will. I'll do what you're asking me. I don't like doing it this way. But it's it's his resource. It's the resource that God is giving And I want it may just sound like a play on words, but I don't think so. God is the source. That's right. Then whatever he uses, that's the resource. God's the source. And whatever he uses becomes the resource. And here he's using a dirty bird called the raven. This would not be the chosen caterer for Elijah. As strange as it may sound to Elijah, could you imagine that God God gives you uh, such a command that I'm going to feed you through the raven? And and it it sounds real strange to Elijah. It may not sound strange to you, but it sounds very strange to him because he's a Jewish person. He's an Israelite. He trusted God, and he remained in the place that God called him to be in. And because of that, he was obedient. 1 John 5 and 2 through 7 says, By this we know that we love the children of God. Look to your neighbor and say, I love you, if it's appropriate. (laughs) Why do we love God? Because we keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? That is he that came by blood and water. Even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And this is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is is truth. For there are three uh, that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. If if you follow the commandment of the Lord, then you will be blessed. The scripture says you love God. You will follow his commandments. As I said, the raven possibly was... uh, not the one who should be catering food to Elijah because this was an unclean animal. This was, to the Jewish people, this animal was off limits because ravens are scavengers. They daily feast on a smorgasbord of what we would call roadkill Those things that have rotten flesh. You can imagine how this must have turned, the, I see some people's face, you, it's turning your stomach, so you can imagine how this turned the stomach of Elijah to be fed by what I call this dirty bird, a scavenger, an unclean animal. And although we're not told what kind of meat that this raven delivered, I don't know. Maybe it was rabbit or squirrel. But oh, <laughs> <Filet>, late. <laughs> And we're not sure whether Elijah cooked it up. But what we do know is that the Lord provided Elijah with food, and he ate it. See, Maslow, Abraham Maslow, I challenge that theory. God provides everything that we need. Now, are we willing to accept the resource that he want to use? Are we willing to accept that God's going to give it to us in a way that we may not want it? Are we willing to say, God, I'll go to the brook Cherith, and when the raven feeds me, I'll eat it. This is what Elijah did. He followed the command of the Lord. The will of God is always supported by the grace of God. The will of God is always—it's always supported by the provision of God. No, he will never put more on us than we can bear. The scripture says he won't leave us or forsake us. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. There had no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I love the word because many times we take it out of context. We love to pull little parts out and say, man, this is my inspirational word of the day. But this scripture is about temptation. And God's going to make a way of escape when we're tempted. We have to take that way of escape. Hebrews 13 and 5, let your manner of living be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There it goes again. He said he'll never leave us or forsake us. But he also put a command in there. That we should not only not be covetous, but not but be content with what we have. We have to be content with what we have. That's a lesson from a raven. I want to give you a lesson from the brook cherry. God supplies our needs even in the midst of our problems. Even in the midst of a famine even in the midst of a drought, even in the midst of hard times. When Elijah, one of God's prophets, was sent to the wilderness to hide during a time of drought, God said that he would drink from the brook and that he would supply his food through raven. Even though this was a difficult time and there were difficult surroundings, Elijah would have his needs met. Once Elijah had experienced this unlikely, he experienced the unlikely becoming likely. He experienced the impossible becoming possible. That's when he trusted in God. He trusted in God to be the source of his needs. John 16 and 33 said, I have said these things to you, that in me ye have peace. In the world ye will have peace tribulation but take heart I have overcome the world that's a word for us right there that we have an eternal hope even in this world that we live in even if you're going through right now even if you're going through hard times tribulation even if it feels like your life is a drop at this very moment this word of God lets us know that we should not faint that we, God has already overcome the world. Death, hell, and the grave. And therefore, we have an eternal hope. Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. our Lord. The word supports itself. If you want some commentary, read the word. It'll support itself. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you and expect the an end. And once again, I say, you know, the word of God. We use this scripture as an inspirational word all the time he knows the thoughts he has he thinks peace towards me yeah. what was what was happening at this time the Israelites were going into bondage <laughs> and, God, and God was sending a messenger to tell them you'll go and they were uh, false prophets were saying no we won't and this scripture comes up as an inspiration I'm, you will have peace I'm sending you to Babylon <laughs> This is going to be peaceful. He said, build houses when you get there. Have children. Increase. Because you're going to be there for a little while. But while you're there, in the midst of this famine, in the midst of this hard time, you're going to have peace. You're going to have peace even in the midst of your trouble. Well, then after after, uh, Elijah's fed by the ravens and he's watered by the brook, guess what? It dried up the brook dried up. (laughs) Brother Fowler said, time to go. This is what we get, and and, and he's right on the word. Why? Because if your current resource doesn't dry up, you may not be motivated to move to the next place that God has for you. When that brook dried up, he said, I'm going to sing it to Zarephal, and I have a widow woman there for you. He's changing resources. I was watering you by the brook, feeding you with raven. But when you go there, there's going to be a widow woman that's going to feed you. And he gets there, and what does she say? I've got this little meal and this of oil, and that's all I got. I'm going to take these sticks, I'm going to cook it, and me and my son, we're going to die. That's that. But Elijah, now he's been tested. He's seen a raven feed him two times a day. He drank from the brook cherry. See, our faith is increased once we see the works of God. So he's able to go there. So what is the lesson of the widow woman? There's two parts to this lesson. And one is whatever we have plus God becomes a resource. Whatever we have plus God becomes a resource. He's the source. He's the source our bank account is not the source. Our family members and friends, they're not the source. Regardless of what you have left in the pantry, what you have left in the account, or amount of energy or motivation that you have, whatever we have plus God becomes our resource. Because God is the source. So that's our first lesson of the widow. The second is... That when our faith is challenged, we can't just go into our feelings. I think Pastor preached on that. This is a test for us to get through so that when we're tested again, we'll pass the test. So this widow woman's son dies after she's fed Elijah. And and I want to remind you that the scripture says... That the crews of oil and the mill never ran out. It never failed. It never ran out. And then what happens after that, similar to what happened with Elijah when he was in the brook Cherith. Just like the brook dried up, her son died. And after her son died, her faith seemed to decrease a little. She responded to the prophet Elijah. as the scripture says, And it came to pass that after these things, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. He died. And she said to Elijah, what have I to do with thee? O thou man of God, art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? That was her response after this prophet had This miracle that happened in front of her through the prophet of God, her response to him was decreased faith. Her faith decreased. She's being tested. And that happens with us at times. And then the Lord uses the prophet again to bring her son back to life. It is by faith that we believe that God is the source. It is in our faith that if our faith is not tested, we'll never know if we can pass the test. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 says, Examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not that your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in in you, except ye be reprobates, reprobates. Hebrews 11 and 3, through faith we understand that the words were framed, the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. He is our creator. And it's through God that we examine ourselves faithfully, that we know we'll be able to pass the test. And similar to this widow woman, we find as I'm closing. That Elijah, God's done the miraculous in his life. He has fed him through, from a raven. Given him water from the brook cherub. Fed him through the widow woman. He's raised uh, 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 the son from the dead. Elijah would go on to pray and call down fire from heaven. And 850 prophets, 400 uh, prophets of Baal and and, and 450 prophets of the grove, he stood in battle against them. They called on Baal, they cut themselves, and and just went on and worshipped their God, And, and their God was not able to answer by fire, but the one true God. Not only answered by fire, but licked up the water that was in the trenches. These are the miracles that Elijah saw. And this is an encouraging message for you. After he saw all this, he was on the run and depressed. None of us, even the man of God, are exempt uh, from the challenges of this world. None of us are exempt. Not only was the world in a drought, but at that time of the drought, Elijah's brook, the brook Cherith, dried up. So Elijah is now depressed, and he goes into a cave. And long story short, the Lord provides all he needs. He feeds him, he, war- he makes sure he had water, he makes sure he had rest, and then the Lord sent some resources. He sent a fire, he sent... An earthquake, but the scripture let us know God was not in the earthquake. He was not in the wind. He was not in the fire. But the scripture says a still small voice, and that Elijah was able to hear that voice. And through through hearing that voice, Elijah was put back into what he was called to do. I'm here to encourage someone as you stand to your feet. That you may be going through. This may be the hardest time in your life. But I'm telling you that God is even able to provide in a drought. He's able to provide in a hard time. He's able to provide if you're anxious. He's able to provide if you're depressed. God is the provider and source of all of our needs. We ask that you examine us today, Lord. Examine us, O oh God, that our faith would be increased. You are the source of our strength. You're the source that refreshes us. Every need that we have in life can be met. We've seen many miracles in our lives. doesn't take away from the hard things that happen that challenge our faith. There's someone at the sound of my voice stepping into the building today, Lord, challenged. Challenged by life. Challenged in their minds and needing peace. Finances are challenged. Home life, challenged. Marriages, children, challenged. But similar to the way you provided for Elijah, by giving him those necessary needs, fulfilling them. Lord, fulfill today. There's someone that needs you. Lord, we realize we must repent of our sins. This altar is open for an opportunity to draw nearer to the Lord. We come before you, Lord. Examine us. Prove us, O oh Lord God there be anything that's not like you within us oh God we give it over to you right now Lord Jesus take it away oh God let us cast our cares on you for your word says you care for us Lord after we've repented just similar to what your word says about your command that we believe according to your word that Jesus Christ is Lord not only do we believe that he's Lord, but just like he died, he was buried, and he came back to life later. Lord, in like manner, we must repent of our sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and be filled with the power of the precious gift of the Holy Ghost through the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Lord, if there be one that does not know you, Lord God, as we should, draw us, O oh God, for you said if you be lifted up, you draw all men. Your scripture reminds us there'd be no one without your word, oh Lord God. Let this word of a source go forth today, Lord God, to remind us. You can use us. You'll use your word. You'll use our finances. You'll use the food that's in our pantry, even if there's not, that doesn't seem like there's enough. Oh, God, you'll use the little bit that we have, the little talent that we're able to give. You'll use it as a resource for your kingdom. Let every saint know that they can be used today, Lord God. Revive us, oh, Lord God. Increase in us. Light a fire in us, oh, God. That we be drawn nearer to you today. We ask it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.